And we're live. Hey, everyone, and welcome. Thanks for, we live? Cool. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of the Decred Assembly. We're really excited. We have a cool episode for you guys. Thank you for those who are tuning in live right now. Um, yeah, but I'm Trace, and co-hosting with me is Luke, and then we have a special guest today, Crypto Hedge. So welcome. welcome. Thanks for coming tonight. Thank you. You can also call me Carson. I'm known by both, so it's you can call me okay. Carson, Crypto Hedge, whatever you want. Yeah, <laughs> Thank well, you for having me. We really appreciate you coming on. Um, yeah, today's show is going to be kind of focused on going through what gives cryptocurrency value. You know, we're a lot of times caught up in like the price of things, prices going up and down, but really the main focus is going to be kind of touching on what's going to give something value in the long term. And uh, before we get into it all. Do you want to give a little introduction, Carson, just kind of your background in cryptocurrency, kind of how you got to where you, you're at, kind of where you accumulated your following and so forth? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I do you want to go, want me to go over like where I started originally, sure. like sure. started getting into cryptocurrencies. So back in 2012, I was basically homeschooled and I was like a tech research king and I would just uh, research everything. I was a very curious person and I ran across uh, Bitcoin. And it was just this, you know, online technology that it was used on the dark web, on the, the Tor browser, through, you know, dark markets and stuff like that. So I was like interested, you know, what is this thing? But, you know, I've never seen an actual currency be used in a digital form online. So I had interest in it. And then I actually bought my Bitcoins with a money pack card. I don't know if you guys remember that back in the day where you could buy uh, Bitcoins with a money pack card. It was like the easiest exchange um to get bitcoins at the time in 2012 so i bought a money pack card from like walgreens or cvs and then i um bought bitcoin through like an exchange online i still have the actually still have the emails in one of my old email accounts which is a spam account now um of the transaction i'm chatting back and forth i'm looking back at it i'm like this is crazy like i that's that's where i started so after that i held on to these bitcoins it was kind of like a blind investment i wasn't really even you know, purposefully investing in it. I just happened to have them. Um, and over the years, there was interest gaining on them. You know, people were mining. There was just a lot of talk about it. It was growing. It's, I mean, it's literally what we're seeing right now. It's just growing constantly, um, exponentially, especially this year. It's been insane. But um, that's what I started to notice. And I got into it. I was like, I should be trading this. So I got into trading in 2015. So now I am here. Um, and I decided to make a YouTube channel and uh, basically try to educate people on cryptocurrencies, what coins matter, what's the, you know, what your mindset should be when you're thinking about cryptocurrencies. Um, Cause there's so many scammers in this space. And you know, I try to like, you know, steer people away from that nonsense and help the community and educate them and et cetera, et cetera. So that's my, that's my story. That's where I am now. No, that's, that's good. How did you, how did you find Decred? Decred, I found out about Decred through Charlie Lee. Okay. So that is where I, well, I found out about through Charlie, Charlie, but I didn't really educate myself on it. I didn't know much about it. Um, cause I always try to like identify what is the unique, um, what is the unique feature in this coin? I mean, they're all relatively similar. You've got Litecoin, you've got Vertcoin. I mean, Decred isn't as similar to Vertcoin and Litecoin, but you know what I mean? So each coin has a different feature. They're all segregated witness coins. Um, they all have a great team backing them, a great insight on the future adoption. So that's what that's what I think. <laughs> Sorry, I can jump a little bit about Decred through Charlie Lee too. Um, and one of the things that I really liked about the project is that you know Decred provides something that would be infeasible to implement in Bitcoin just because of uh, the the power that the miners have right now, like moving to like this hybrid proof of work, proof of stake system in Bitcoin yeah. is totally out of the question. So I thought that was really interesting um, and, you know, very made Decred very unique. It's interesting. The, uh, the, mi the mining and also the proof of stake, it's kind of, I don't know how that works out, but it's interesting. I <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool, you know, because they, you know, for those of you guys who don't really know the background of about a lot of the guys, you know, same dudes that put together uh, BTCD suite and they uh, just saw the governance issues going on with Bitcoin and they mm -hmm. wanted a way to be able to 
drag away the centralization of the Bitcoin network that was starting to come from. Because remember, it was you know one CPU was one vote. That was like the dream of Satoshi Nakamoto. Mm-hmm. And now we you, you know we have these monstrous GPU farms. And so how do we how do we provide a true consensus? And so that's kind of why you know I found Decred too. It was big, yeah, it was solving that issue, solving that problem. But, it's a monopolized monopolized consensus what we see right now. So yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. So how did you get started with like your, your YouTube and kind of like your, your Twitter phone? Cause now you're starting to kind of build a, uh, a bigger basis there. Yeah. Well, I just actually, I actually watched other people on YouTube and I thought, you know, I could be doing this. Why am I, you know, why am I sitting here? I feel like I could add value to the community. And it's like, I, I had this push. I'm like, this should be me. Like, what am I, what am I doing? So I decided to make a YouTube channel off of the interest of seeing other people doing the same thing. Um, and that's where I just really took off. I, I mean, I, I remember back in the day, I mean, I have followers that have been following me since I've had like 20 people on my live streams and now I get upwards of like 400 or more um, on my live stream. So it's been an awesome ride. And I also made a Twitter account when I made my YouTube account and I tried to be active on both. Twitter is like the place to be with crypto. If You don't know crypto if you're not on Twitter. I mean, that's like the... Uh, that's where everything is released. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's one of the really interesting things about crypto and how like it's so different from traditional, you know, like equity markets or like, you know, how traditional financial advisors they struggle like wrapping their heads around crypto because everything lives on Twitter and Reddit, right? That's where yeah. the crypto world lives. Like there aren't any like of these traditional sources like you can't find out about, you know, Decred or Litecoin in your Bloomberg terminal and stuff like that. And so it definitely provides this competitive advantage for this younger generation that is, you know, that is just very familiar with with you know, the internet and it's just like normal for them to get their information through sources like Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, definitely guys. So let's get right into it. You know, again, the topic is kind of to discuss what is going to give cryptocurrencies value because now if any of you go into coin market cap, you can see that there's thousands, you know, and mm-hmm. there's ones that bring a lot of value to the table. There's ones that have, you know, prices up the wazoo that don't really have a lot of substance to the technology. And so, what truly gives cryptocurrency value? And so I don't know if, if you want to start us off, Carson. Um, I mean, there's so many things that give cryptocurrency value. And I, I remember in my interview with uh, Charlie Lee, we were talking about how, you know, I, I personally don't think I'm on the same note with Charlie on how I don't think that there's going to be all these thousands of cryptocurrencies. You've got ICOs. What is it? 30 or, or more ICOs a month. It's unbelievable. Um, and then you have other cryptocurrencies that are not really acting as a currency. They're more so acting as if they're like a stock. You're not necessarily spending the cryptocurrency. So what I look at cryptocurrencies as is a crypto, uh, an actual currency, um, cryptographic currency. Uh, and that, that's how, how I look. I don't look at it as like a, uh, you know, they have all these, they have like, what is it? There's one that's like a, supposed to mimic YouTube or mimic eBay. I just don't see that on what would be a cryptocurrency. And I think that the push and what we're trying to accomplish is um, global adoption and simplicity um, and ease of transacting peer to peer and also um, through businesses. I mean, think about sending a Bitcoin or a Litecoin across the globe um, instantly, not having to go through money transfers, not having to wait through days to get this money. So it's like, it's all about simplicity and I think it's gonna be acted as a uh, currency, um, and maybe there'll there'll be other things that come in play. I know they have 10x pay, which is a, a Visa card or whatever. Maybe that'll add into the play, but I just don't see all these other coins. I think it's going to be like a handful of coins, maybe like 20, 25 coins that actually stay with us um, through the next years. So, yeah. How do you see um, the cross-chain atomic swaps on Lightning Network affecting that thesis? It affects it in the best way possible because basically you're lit- you're literally eliminating the scaling issue. It's completely diminished because what you're doing, and you already know, I, this is my understanding of it, is that with Lightning Network, you basically transact off-chain and then you're basically rewarded. Like, isn't that how it works? So it's an off-chain transaction um, and then it goes on to the blockchain and processes. So basically, if we didn't have Lightning Network, we would have a just a clutter 
clutter of transactions on the blockchain that slows down the transacting time. So you have Lightning Network that uh, you basically can transact offline or basically, I don't know how to explain it. And then it's instant, but then the transaction goes on the blockchain, the process, once your transaction is finished. So it's easy for uh, point of sale transactions. Yeah. And, and I yeah, think- exactly. Oh, so wow. here, to break it down just a little bit more uh, in case like people in the audience aren't necessarily familiar with what Lightning Network is. So Lightning Network is what's called a second layer solution. And it is um, attempting to solve the scaling solutions that these cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin are having, where you can only have a certain number of transactions per second on the actual blockchain. And so what Lightning Network provides is basically you will lock your, your Bitcoin or your Litecoin or your Decred up and uh, you can at that point, you'll move it over to the second layer uh, of the Lightning Network. And once it's on the Lightning Network, the uh, transactions are near instant. There are very low fees. Now, you're giving up a little bit of uh, security for, you know, you don't get anything for free. So for this, uh, you know, instant transactions and low fees, you're giving up a little bit of security. But if you're doing things like making everyday purchases, buying coffees, like you don't need your transaction to necessarily be recorded on the blockchain. If you think about it, anytime you send a transaction on the blockchain, that transaction gets broadcasted to all the nodes in the world. And so it gets saved on thousands and thousands of computers, right? And so for high value transactions, that's important. That's what you know basically adds this decentralization to these cryptocurrencies that help secure it and make them censorship resistant. But for lower um, value transactions, you don't need that security. And so you can make that trade off by moving those coins, locking them up on the blockchain, moving them to the Lightning Network and transacting on the Lightning Network for um, low fees and near instant transactions. Isn't isn't simple payment verification going to uh, add on to that as more simplicity to transactions? Yes, and and so that's that's nice too because it, it kind of allows for again it, I guess this is kind of like a hybrid way of looking at it. But you know when you when you use your credit or debit card and you swipe it at the store, it, it seems like that money comes out instantaneously. But if you look in your bank your bank statement right away, sometimes you don't even see the transaction there or mm-hmm. it's pending for 24 to 48 hours. And so there's there's something happening there. The bank is able to verify that you have those funds or that you have that line of credit that is still sufficient enough for that transaction right there. So they're fronting the money in a way um, to be able to have that transaction go through. But the Lightning Network, I believe, and the simple payment verification is gonna implement some some shape of a, a smart contract to allow the that payment to be verified instantaneously. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Luke. Um, so I'm not well versed in the SPV yet. So, no. Yeah, but definitely something in the pipeline, which is exciting. But I mean, that brings a great, a great point to the table. Is just that the these currencies they have to, they have to bring something to the table. And you you hit the nail on the head. A, a big portion of what's going to bring these these cryptocurrencies value is being able to use them as digital cash. You know, yeah. because, you know, if it sits on your computer and it's accruing value because of all this speculation, that's great. And that's kind of where we get into the discussion, you know, what is the difference between prices fluctuating up and down and true true value? Yeah, it's really not speculation. I mean, I I have so much faith that there is a push and there's, there's absolutely no reason. I think that I, I at this point where I am now, from my experience, I don't see that there's any way that blockchain technology will not replace the world financial system. This is just absolutely, it doesn't make sense for them not to do that. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense for it to an extent? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'm on the same page as you. I agree. What's the um, point of all of this to not accomplish that? Yeah. Right. And it, I think like blockchains in general, like it's this more, it's the, the concept that, you know, there's this cypherpunk um, kind of like manifesto, and it's not necessarily like overthrowing the global financial system or overthrowing government. It's about taking things um, and, that can be converted to software and removing the human element from them. Anytime you ha- have like the human element, you have, you know, the potential for errors, you have the potential for corruption. And so anything that can be moved to software, um, it, it just makes sense. It makes the world more efficient. It makes the playing field um, leveler. And so we're just now blockchains are kind of like the next step of the internet that are allowing people basically from all over the world to agree on a 
a ledger, right? And so that's kind of like in my mind what uh, at the core what blockchain is about. It's moving human functions to software and blockchains allow it to interact on a global level because they have these consensus mechanisms that allow everybody to come to a consensus or an agreement when normally they wouldn't be able to. Does that, that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think that's, that's kind of what brings about uh, the importance of a proper governance. And so, I mean, it's very timely in this sense of um, kind of chatting about, you know, different, different forks specifically like with Bitcoin and kind of what that's done to the market and kind of how that's transforming the way that people are perceiving, you know, how to, how to create a new, a new chain or a new cryptocurrency. You know, if you can just fork Bitcoin, you know, why, why not just make your own cryptocurrency? And what does that mean if, if these cryptocurrencies are able to kind of come out of thin air and have these market capitals, you know, of, of billions of dollars, but really didn't come from anything, aren't necessarily bringing any, any value. You know, people might argue Bitcoin cash is better, Bitcoin's better, but it's like, we all know that Bitcoin gold is not better and, you know, yeah. it's a piece of junk and just a, you know, a scheme. So it's literally how, a how copy of Bitcoin. Sorry, sorry about that. It's it's literally a copy of Verpoint, uh, Bitcoin Gold. It's literally what it is. I'm just yeah. And so, if when there's so much redundancy in, in in just these these kind of cash grab schemes that are coming through, that are seemingly like the way that you know Bitcoin was supposed to show consensus, because if if people didn't like the change that was being made, they could break off and make a new one. And so. How valuable would would you say that true consensus is, and you know what are a way that we can try to move a project towards consensus? Me? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, I think that it's extremely important. I think that Decred, in my opinion, I think Decred could like it's the attractive Bitcoin, in my opinion. Uh, that's how I look at it. Um, since you have the self governance. Um, basically equality within the coin that literally solves the problem with consensus. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's like kind of how a lot of us found Decred and, you know, specifically, I think consensus is, is good and all, but you know, how the consensus is pointed makes all the difference because we can all agree. It's like, Oh, this chain is great or this chain's not. But I think where a lot of things get held up on are the actual implementations and how to how to indicate that we want these changes to occur or we don't want them to occur and so like having a proper proposal system having a proper way to be able to roll these things out and have people be able to agree and vote on these things in a timely structured manner i think is is the biggest hit and, and you know we start to talk about DAOs or decentralized autonomous organizations and they kind of seem like a fantasy but in reality it, it's going to require this kind of consensus model it's going to require a proper proposal system and you know, that's something that Decred is starting to roll out with the Politea. And Luke, if you, if you kind of want to hit a, a little bit on what Politea is doing and kind of where we're at with that. Sure, absolutely. So first, let me give, because um, I'm sure that we have a lot of Carson's followers watching this, and yeah. they may not be as familiar with Decred as me and you are. So I'm going to give like a brief background on what Decred is and what problems it sets out to solve and what its value proposition is. So Decred sets out to solve um, two main problems. Um, the first problem is that there's no formal mechanism in Bitcoin or in Litecoin to solve disputes. So you have these different parties, such as the developers, um, the miners, businesses, and all these parties have their own um, self-interest, right? And so this leads to disputes, such as the, the SegWit dispute between the developers and the miners in the Bitcoin ecosystem. And because there's no actual mechanism to solve these disputes, it creates political gridlock and stalls innovation. And so what Decred did to address this is that we have a hybrid proof-of-work, proof-of-stake consensus um, algorithm where each block, you know, in Bitcoin, each block is validated by just the miners with their proof of work. Um, so in Decred, each block is uh, mined with using proof of work similar to Bitcoin, but then it has to be validated by the stakers as well. So if you own Decred, you can choose to lock it up and stake your Decred and you get a reward for this. And what you're actually doing is you're locking your Decred up and then you're validating blocks. So what this means that is that if um, you know miners try and do something you know 
abuse their power in some way. Let's say they want to start mining empty blocks, right? This could be considered a type of denial of service attack. And in Decred, it would be possible to make a small change that would then invalidate any blocks that are empty, right? And so this also prevents um, hard or minority hard forks or contentious hard forks. Because let's say that the SegWit situation was happening in, in Decred, and we had the Decred miners wanted to fork off and create Decred cash. Well, the way it's set up is that um, it's economically prohibitive to actually fork off without the approval of the stakeholders. Um, there's, a, there's actually a really good Reddit post by the lead Decred developer that goes into all the technical details of why it is economically prohibitive. But um, basically, is that if you try and fork off without the approval of the stakeholders, which is the actual holders, then they're not going to validate your blocks. So you can mine proof of work blocks all day long, but they're not going to be validated by the, the proof of stake side. And so you're not going to get your mining reward and you're just going to be spinning your wheels. And so if you try and go against what the stakers want, which is what the decred holders want, then you're going to be losing a lot of money. So that's the first big thing that uh, decred shoots out or sets out to address. And the second is um, funding. So in decred, 10% of every block award goes to a development fund. This development fund is um, used for anything to add value to Decred. It pays for dev work, design work, marketing, business development. Um, it will allow Decred to actually build out like traditional go-to-market teams, you know, like business development people and stuff, salespeople. Um, but this this fund is actually controlled by the stakeholders. So we are just now implementing what's called a proposal system. So if you're a Decred developer or you're a Decred designer or a marketer and you have a good idea or you want to do some work for Decred, you'll submit a proposal and have the stakeholders vote on it. And they, the stakeholders decide how those, how those funds are spent. So Decred, it, it's a self-funding cryptocurrency. Whereas compared to other cryptocurrencies such as um, Bitcoin where you have Blockstream is, um, they're the main, the core developers in Bitcoin and they're VC funded. So this has the potential to create conflicts of interest down the road where maybe the VC's interests don't necessarily line up with long-term Bitcoin holders' interests or those diverge at some point. Then you have uh, cryptocurrencies like Litecoin or Monero that rely on community donations. And so, you know, this is a great way right now when times are good, but community donations, you know, they're not always consistent. They may dry up and it's hard to really um, you know, make set plans and rely on community donation. So the fact that Decred has this self-funding mechanism built in that's controlled by the stakeholders that uses the Polydia, which is our proposal system that I was talking about, that's what, you know, we mean by governance. When we say Decred is Bitcoin with better governance. It's exactly how I think of it too. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think another thing that, um, that a project that's going to be successful in the future needs to have is uh, security. You know, something that doesn't allow it to be usurped by somebody that has tons, tons of money just sitting there, right then and there. And that's kind of the nice part about the the voting system that Luke started to touch on. Is you know you can purchase and you should purchase lots of lots of tickets, and that's going to be able to provide your consensus on those blocks because those tickets are verifying the blocks that allow the the proof of work miners to verify, and so on and so on. You know, in Bitcoin, because actually it's cool, Dave Collins ran some pretty neat numbers, but if someone were to attack the Bitcoin network, you know, it would require roughly $559 million in ant miners and just hashing power. You know, because of the way that Decred has structured the, the mining with the blocks uh, needing to be verified by the votes, and the vote, there's over 41,000 kind of tickets that are just sitting there, needs to be five tickets per per block in order for the blocks to be verified. Block times are about every five minutes. It'd be roughly about $12.5 billion to attack the Decred network. And so just being able to have that kind of security layer built in uh, that also provides consensus that also is allowing to push through proposals is just amazing. Just that it all kind of meshes together and works together. I mean, I don't know. I, I It always kind of puts me in awe of just the fact it's like, wow, this thing is working together, but a project needs to have that, you know, legitimate projects need to have things that work together in order for them to be built on and built with consensus. And so, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And you can kind of think of decred voting as, um, shareholder voting or similar to what shareholder voting is in a corporation, right? Decred follows the skin in the game principle. The more decred you own, the more potential votes you can cast. And this makes sure to align incentives. 
Um, but yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there as well. So I have a quick question. Um, I'm going to compare this with Ethereum because Ethereum is going to be going proof of stake soon. And mm -hmm. to stake your coins, you have to have just a, a ridiculous amount to new adopters or new people that obtain Ethereum. So what is the minimum requirement? Because I don't even know this myself. What's yeah. the minimum requirement to stake Decred? Because I don't stake Decred. I just have it in a wallet. <laughs> so, so right now, I mean, that, that number kind of fluctuates up yeah. and down. And it's, it's based on a, a few different things. So right now, the, the current ticket price is about 71 Decred. Oh, that's um, not bad. No, but... You know, the nice thing is, even though that's like, because that's still 35, I think like $3,500. And so people are like, oh, like that's, that's a lot yeah, of money. 4, I, don't, I don't have it, you know, to, to put down. Well, eventually, you know, ticket splitting is going to be coming down the line when there is the Lightning Network and you're going to be able to kind of proportionately put the amount of decred that you have towards towards a uh, ticket and you're going to be able to kind of indicate it's like on a ticket that is voting yes or no or abstaining. And you're going to be able to get a portion of that of that block reward for that ticket portion, or rather, decred portion you contributed to that ticket. But in the meantime, it's it's still much less than like a Dash masternode, or for what you were saying, that minimum entry for the proof of stake with Ethereum. Because what that does is it pretty much it puts all the power back in the hands of people that have the entire thing. It it doesn't break up the consensus in an equitable way because there needs to be a balance. You can't have you know, just a couple people that are calling all the shots because that doesn't... It's like the it. system we're in now. The rich keep getting richer. That's basically exactly. what Ethereum would be. You can't have that, but at the same time, you need to be able to incentivize people who are utilizing it and, and using it to still, you know, still benefit from having a lot, but still yeah. allow the person that has a few to be able to have their, their voice given and to be able to have a vote in the system and still be able to benefit from the system. And so that's the nice thing because these 41,000 tickets that are floating around are all chosen at random. It's, you know, it's a lottery system. And so even if I have, if I had 20, if I had half of all those tickets, there's no, there's no promises that my tickets are going to go on the blocks or that they're going to vote in the time frame that I, that I want. And so if I were to just go out and, you know, buy a bunch of tickets, you know, there's no guarantees that they're going to vote when I want, that they're going to, you know, come up at the right times and, and vote on a specific block if I was trying to do something malicious. And so it really is a unique system. Yeah, and so this is also one of the biggest differences between you know Decred and Dash or Decred and Ethereum is the fact that you know in Dash you only master nodes can vote on proposals, and it costs a thousand Dash to run a master node. So mm -hmm. uh, forget, I don't know what Dash is at right now. It's, it's like above 600. 600, okay, so that's $600,000 that you have to have in order to participate in the Dash governance. Um, and so it's very, very prohibitive, and it's also in order to submit a proposal in Dash, it costs five Dash, which is even which is also cost prohibitive. So Decred, you know, right now, like Trace said, we do it does cost like $4,000 to participate in the governance, but you know, ticket splitting is one of the most highly requested features. And when we get Lightning Network, we'll be able to have ticket splitting, so then you'll be able to participate in Decred governance no matter how small of a stake you actually own in Decred, which is um, super important. But going back to your point of, you know, the the wealthy staying or keeping their positions through these proof of stake systems. So Decred, Decred's block award is 60% proof of work, 30% proof of stake, 10% development subsidy. And it was specifically designed um, with those numbers so that the proof of stake people, even if you're one of the very early adopters, you're constantly getting diluted down by that proof of work because the proof of work reward is double the proof of stake reward. So if you're just uh, staking your decred, you're constantly getting uh, diluted down. And so if, for you to maintain the same relative percentage of control over the decred network, um, it, it's very, very expensive. You have to continue not only stake all of your decred, but then you have to continually buy decred um, basically every day. Whereas with Dash, the block reward is 45% proof of stake, 45% proof of work. So that dilution isn't isn't nearly the, um, as much. And then in Ethereum, right, with just pure proof of stake, you know, you're not you're not getting diluted at all. And so that's also one of the big distinctions between Decred and other cryptocurrencies that have either hybrid consensus algorithms or proof of stake. Yeah, I have a quick question. Um, so when when you say proof of stake with what four thousand dollar initial investment with Decred. Um, mm -hmm. as of right now, um, to actually stake your coins. Now, we all know Dash is a really low supply. It has a total supply of what, almost like a six and a half million decred? Yeah. So that's just a 
really, really low supply. And I, I think that Decred will easily be, in my opinion, next year, it should be well above, uh, you know, triple digits, at least $100, in my opinion. Um, I mean, the supply says it alone. Of course, we have the whole roadmap and everything. So if this coin becomes, let's say, $250, $300 by next year, um, wouldn't that increase the initial price to start staking your coins if you're a later adopter? Yeah. Definitely. Yes, it would. For right, for right now. But that's where... So um, we keep saying ticket splitting. I don't know if anybody knows what that actually means. So what ticket splitting means is that when we implement the Lightning Network, we'll be able to implement ticket splitting, which means that you can split a ticket up. Normally, a ticket would cost, what, like 70 decred right now, which is a little over 4,000. You can split a ticket up into an infinite number of parts. And so what mm -hmm. you can do by that is then you can... Um, allow people with just you know 10 decred to still get a part of a ticket and still cast a vote um, in the governance process. So once that's impl implemented, like no matter how much or how little decred you own, if you want to participate in the governance process, you'll be able to. Does that does that answer your question? Is that what you're? No, absolutely. About? Yeah. So it's basically mm -hmm. it's it's basically an equality aspect to the. Mm -hmm. The whole proof of stake concept with the tickets, you know, yeah, splitting them absolutely. individually. It's like a, it's like Satoshi's in a Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. And so, um, this is also a difference between Dash and Decred. Dash has master node shares where you can buy a portion of a master node and you can get the proof of stake reward, but you're not allowed to actually vote. Uh, only the owners of the master nodes can vote. And so that's that's how it differs from ticket splitting and uh, master node shares. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, even even if like a master node was extremely affordable and, and all of that, you know, there's nothing stopping you from just selling your master voting on something, voting on a proposal that benefits you, and then selling your master node. Like you can you can do that, you know, instantaneously more or less, because once your once your wallet dips below one thousand, you lose your, your master node status. But with Decred, you're you're locked in. When you when you put your when you contribute and you purchase a ticket for that seventy one Decred. You know, there's a period of immaturity that the ticket goes through. And then once it becomes an active ticket, which is usually in about a day, the ticket can vote anywhere between, you know, 24 hours to like 144 days, anywhere in that in that realm. And so there's really not a lot of guarantee, but that's kind of where we get the, the skin in the game principle because you're committing to the fact that you're going to vote for something on the network that's going to contribute something of value to the project. So it, it pretty much makes everyone that wants to participate really participate and not just back out randomly if they, it it makes them truly invest in the project and that kind of brings us to our next point of you know you kind of mentioned like decred's price and and all these different projects are you know skyrocketing bitcoin's going up and all these prices are going up but you know what gives a currency value because we see some of these projects that really are you know extremely high you know we see things like eight share which pretty much copied everything that decred's done um, which and they raise copy and paste yeah. coins for they're those of you that, coins. yeah for those of you that don't know H chair forked the decred repo changed like a couple variables and now has a market cap like three or four times of that of decredit it's pretty ridiculous and they raise a hundred million in ICO but we don't we don't have to, we don't have so to what do that. you think what do you think has has caused that though do you think it's because it's the times room with ICOs and whatnot or do you think it's like something else? No, I think it's the it's the consensus deal because people, you know, just think of like look at Tezos right now. You know, I don't Tezos was a fail. Get into all that, but people got really excited about Tezos because they're starting to feel that that need and desire for consensus because they're seeing the issues that are coming with the different nodes being ran and, and who's having all the hash power to be able to make the major decisions going down the road. And so Tezos is attractive because it's promising that everything that Decred's already doing. You know, eight shares was attractive because people didn't even really know what Decred is and still don't really know. But now it's becoming more and more um, at the forefront of people's minds because now it's starting to get the volume that it deserves. But it's the consensus and, and the governance model that Decred offers. And people want it. People want to be able to make sure that these things, that cryptocurrency blockchain technology doesn't just crash and burn because people try to make a, a quick buck. Yeah, that's what it is right I'm, now. I mean, go ahead. Right. So I have, I have a 
you know, slightly different opinion, right? It's just ICOs are new, right? 2017 was the year of ICOs and the market just didn't know how to price them at first. But even if you look at now compared to a couple months ago, the market has largely corrected. ICOs aren't doing nearly as well anymore. You're still getting these copy and paste jobs, but mm -hmm. I think it's just, it's the growing pains that the ecosystem needs to go through, right? People are going to lose their money when they invest in these copy and paste jobs, and then like people will learn their lesson, and the ecosystem will mature. Like uh, if you look at Bitcoin, there have been you know all these forks this year, but each one has had less of an impact on the actual price. Like if you look at the volatility leading up to uh, the Bitcoin Cash fork, and then the volatility afterwards, it was far greater than the volatility. Um, I may be. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was far greater than the volatility compared to the Segwit 2x fork. Um, and so in my mind, what that means is that um, the market is learning and basically in the future, when these forks happen, people will just like shrug them off. Like they won't immediately think like, oh, this has value, like which is kind of the default state right now. People will have to prove why they have value. And you know, it all I think it all just goes back to it's a new space that's growing really rapidly. New people don't know where to put their money, and so they get caught up in like the the PR propaganda that these these projects push out. But I don't think that it will be nearly as bad next year, and I think that yeah. it'll be like a self-correcting process. Yeah, my input on that is that I mean we all know. I mean I don't know how long you guys have been in blockchain technology, like Bitcoin and whatnot. I'm sure probably longer than me. Um, you know, Bitcoin is. Now, I'm not a Bitcoin maximalist. I actually favor these altcoins because I think that they add to the value of have, acting as a currency. Bitcoin can't do that. Uh, even if we implemented everything to the segregated witness uh, available network, it just wouldn't be fast. Uh, it wouldn't be as fast as Litecoin at least either. So I think that you know Bitcoin is is not. It's just the most inconvenient coin. You have high transactions. You have the lack of consensus, like you guys were talking about with Decred. Um, so I feel like, I feel like next year is going to be like a huge altcoin boom, um, whether or not Bitcoin decides to, to tag along because there's a lot of things going on with Bitcoin, um, in the attack with Bcash and then you have all these forks coming in. And the issue is, is that the forks that are, uh, a sustaining this market cap, that's what, that's what concerns me is like all these forks are sustaining market cap. What do you guys think of that? Sorry for jumping all over the place. I'm like half asleep. <laughs> No, that, that's okay. Yeah, I, I, and I think that kind of that kind of gets into um, where where I was kind of trying to push the conversation was you know with with all these different forks you know it's basically making money out of thin air and as we are trying to look down the future kind of looking into the crystal ball of cryptocurrency trying to like take price out of the out of the picture which is kind of difficult you know we, we see we kind of touched on these copycat projects you know um, eight shares and you know, the different Bitcoin forks that have, that have come along. But I think, um, you know, what we need to look at is what is going to have the foundations to be able to still be relevant and still make strategic and um, changes with consensus in the future to be able to be bonded into mainstream. You know, what's going to allow payment systems? Because like, for instance, like Decred is getting implemented with Globy. If you guys don't know, it's uh an online payment processor that's going to allow Decred to work is you know even more digital cash. But what? Okay, great. Decred's getting taken as digital cash, but it's still not as instantaneous as you know a credit card transaction or, or anything along those lines. But I think as the the value of things keep going up and going up and going up, and as those prices keep going up, there needs to be a show of actual real world use, and I think that's going to be what kind of segregate. I guess separates the wheat from the chafe to use that example. I completely agree. I yeah, absolutely. Agree more. That's why I think like uh, anonymity coins are doing so well, right? Like Monero and both Zcashes because they're already being their their use case is already being used on like the darknet markets and things like that, right? Um, and going back to your point, Carson, um, about like the altcoin rally next year and whether or not Bitcoin will keep up. So I think that. Right now, we're going through this period of professionalization of the industry, right? Yes. And so that means that, like, you know, Bitcoin uh, options are coming online, and then hopefully a Bitcoin ETF will. But, you know, these, as 
cryptocurrencies, cryptocurrency, everybody knows cryptocurrencies have a horrible user experience. That's the number one thing preventing mass adoption, I think, is just the user Simplicity. experience. Simplicity. Exactly. Yeah. And so as these more traditional security products are developed for cryptocurrencies, I think that's going to fuel a lot of the, the growth in the ecosystem next year. And just because Bitcoin is, you know, Bitcoin is is the main focus right now of Wall Street. It's what they're most familiar with. You know, I think that it's going to benefit a lot from that. But yeah, it's the most it's the, it's the most well branded. I mean, like we were just talking about it. Bitcoin is a, a very inconvenient coin um, when it comes to the block size and it comes to the timing and, and the price of transactions. So and I know you're saying like the altcoin party next year that I'm talking about is I, what I think it's going to be is going to be more of a narrowing down to the focus of the actual tech and development on the coins. I don't think it's going to be all of these mm-hmm. mysterious coins that are copy and paste to have like, I mean, I could call out so many coins, even coins that I've traded that are literally, I don't even want to say the bad word, but they're crap coins. Um, they're total crap coins. So it's like, I want to see, and I think this is what's going to happen. We're going to see a narrowing down of the actual useful that actually have a use case, good developer team that actually could serve as a cryptocurrency. That's what I think is going to happen next year. And I'm really, I'm a huge advocate of segregated witness coins like Decred, Vercoin, Litecoin. I think they could all play a role in this together. It's almost going to act as if like they're banks. You have Wells Fargo, you have TD Bank, you have all these different types of banks. That's how I think these specific coins that I'm sticking with, you know, Bitcoin, the rest of the segregated witness coins, I know there's a lot, but um, that's what I think is going to happen. I mean, that's my spiel. <laughs> yeah. So to tie all of this back together, all, what all, all three of us just said. So, um, yes, as the industry professionalizes, like the same stuff that has passed or that has, you know, gotten market cap gains in 2017 is not going to work in 2018. And it's actually going to mm-hmm. rely on actual real use cases, like what Trace was saying. What coins are actually being used for payments? You know, mm-hmm. what coins are actually fulfilling their use case and not just these empty promises? And so, um, I'm really excited about Decred in that regard. Like, there's a lot of exciting stuff, um, you know, coming up. We've got privacy implementation coming up soon. We've got Lightning Network coming up soon. I mean, we've got very the, our, soon. <laughs> yeah, our proposal system like coming up uh, is in the process of being launched right now. So we're going to become uh, the kind of the world's first official DAO, or we're on the road to becoming the world's first official DAO. Um, but I'm very excited about the what Decred has in store for 2018. And I think one of the logical steps for Decred is payments like Trace was talking about. People need to listen up. This is this is real stuff. I think that I, I'm 100% with you on that. Exactly. And, you know, having a foundation for it all, because you're right, you know, there's not just one. I mean, it'd be great and it'd be easy if it was just like the, the one crypto dollar and that was just everything that everybody used and it had every single use case. But it's not reality, and there's a lot of there's a lot of specificity, and there's a lot of niches that are being met that aren't necessarily ready to be met. But having something that has the foundations built to build out anything, basically a factory that can be able to fabricate anything that it needs to, is of utmost importance. And that's what uh, something like Decred is able to do. You know, if we want to go ahead and you know implement you know Lightning Network, we can. We just did. You know, and you guys can go take a look at the vote. I don't know if we're able to, to link the, the different on-chain votes that, that took place that pushed all this through, but you can't. If we want to change the algorithm going forward, for instance, like we, we had changed the, um, the ticket price algorithm because it was spiking back and forth and, you know, it got voted on and it got pushed through and it changed and now it's super constant. And so it's constantly being refined. It's constantly being changed, but with consensus. And that's what, that's what cryptocurrency needs. It needs continued development because think of how much has changed in the past six months. Crazy. Unbelievable. It's happened in the past six months. And yeah. if we need something that can keep up with that pace, but is still able to implement in a way that is um, not only efficient, but um, but effective. Because things can get rolled out really quickly. Bitcoin Gold got rolled out really quickly, and it didn't do so hot. You know, in different projects have gotten rolled out really quickly, and they turn out to be vaporware. And so having the ability to have a stable platform to do these things and be able to implement, you know, different coins like Litecoin, Bitcoin, along the entire path is of utmost importance. And so it's it's really exciting. But Luke, I, I wasn't sure, was there any questions in the live stream? Um, it's been hard to keep up with the live chat. Your your followers are quite quite chatty. Um, but you, <laughs> you hit on one- It's the Hedge one, family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the Hedge family. 
Trace, you hit on one um, point about Decred that's overlooked a lot of times that I just wanted to mention and clarify in, in the fact that um, Decred has is the only cryptocurrency with binding on-chain votes. So what that means is that when we vote on something, the, the software for that implementation is already uploaded to the network. And if the vote passes, then it automatically switches to the new network. No human, no human intervention is necessary. Whereas with something like um, voting on Dash, right? It's um, they vote and they say, "Hey, we want you guys to work on this." But then the actual release process is very similar to the release process in like Bitcoin or something, where you're sending the the, the software binaries to the miners and you're saying, "Hey, run it." But in in Decred, it's already preloaded into the network and everything switches automatically and if they don't follow the new chain then their blocks won't be validated so just it's, wanted to clarify the difference between yeah binding ahead. votes and signaling votes well i look at decred as a self-sustainable coin that's really what it is it's self-governance self-sustainable is that isn't that what the motive is essentially yeah absolutely it's it's this new type of organizational structure, right? Like it's self-funded, it's self-governed, it's not limited by borders, and it's uh, it's a meritocracy, right? Like it, we can, you can, at this point, it's not quite possible to be totally anonymous just because we're not officially a DAO yet. But when we become a DAO, there's going to be a point in the future where you can have a, like a career in Decred as an anonymous person based solely on the reputation of your contributions, right? And so it it just opens up this whole new, uh, so much potential for this whole new type of organizational structure where we're hopefully we're gonna like attract the smartest people from all over the world to come and build on top of Decred. Absolutely. Yeah. And marketing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do it. <laughs> we wanna, if we wanted to put through a proposal, <clears throat> hey, let's put a banana stand on every single corner in, in downtown Los Angeles with a Decred logo on it. You can put forth that that proposal. Probably won't go through, but you could put it forth. You know, and, and there's an opportunity for for that to to get implemented. And just to be able to have that power, just you know, someone who has the decred to be able to say, even if they don't have a lot, to be able to put something up like that, or to be able to contribute their work and and actually have a place. The little guy has a voice. The little guy has power. Everyone has a voice in this, and I think that's what everyone's been looking for. It's like decred is the thing that everyone's wanted but didn't know. Already every, I, so everyone, good. Someone in the chat just said, we are the cypherpunk corporation of the future. And I thought that was very fitting. Yeah. That should be the new motto of Decred. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I, had, I had a quick uh, thing to say. I totally forgot it, but it was really important. I'm trying to think of what I was going to say. I'm losing my mind over here. <laughs> no, that's okay. All right. When it gets to me, I'll, I'll, I'll speak up. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so if you, if you have a question, um, go ahead and post it in the chat. Uh, so we're gonna have to wrap up here in a couple of minutes. So if you have anything, let us know. But I'm not. I'm not seeing anything. So. Does anybody have any questions, Hedge family? <laughs> I guess we did a really good job in explaining stuff. Yeah, right? <laughs> One thing oh, I, had a, this, I have a question. Yeah. So what, what do you think is going to happen with, with Bitcoin? And I just want your opinion. I want your thought process on this. Um, you, know, you have all these attacks with Bitcoin. You have the monopolization, no consensus, uh, the monopolization of mining, all of these issues. And it's not going to end. It's going to be continued. These forks... There's going to be tons of forks because it's easy to do when you have enough power um, in your hands. So, I mean, you have all these forks. You've got the original Bitcoin chain and a lot of people are talking about Bitcoin cash and things like that and how it's going to possibly replace Bitcoin, which is never going to happen. But what do you think? I mean, I just have I have a feeling that the, the one quick fix with all of this to allow the actual coins that can be convenient and actually have you know, simplicity and consensus to an extent um, would be the end of Bitcoin, which is the worst thing to say. I mean, you know, I started off on Bitcoin, but Bitcoin has caused so much chaos, confusion. It's been the leader of FUD and all these altcoins are just sitting here waiting to get picked up with interest and actually look at the technology, not just 
invest into something because it's the most well branded and the original OG coin. So what do you, what are your personal thoughts and your thought process on that theory or? Yeah, I, I think, I think Bitcoin, you know, it was the OG, you know, Bitcoin has been around for the longest. Absolutely. And it was, the, you know, at the forefront of this cryptocurrency movement. Um, I think it's always going to, I don't think it's going to disappear. I think it's going to remain more as like a store of value. I, mm -hmm. I think, over these next couple of years, it's going to start to become very clear what use cases are relevant, just kind of how we're starting to get into, you know, you know, is Decred going to be that digital cash and going to be that platform to allow, you know, different cryptocurrencies to mesh between one another and kind of be that platform, you know, who knows, but, you know, Bitcoin may very well be just that digital cash, you know, it's similar as like sending a brick of gold. Yeah, it's not as quick. It's not as instantaneous necessarily as like a Decred or Litecoin and, anything along those lines, but it still has use in the sense of, you know, these cryptocurrencies have scarcity. This has the technology behind it. It has the branding. And so it could be like a digital brick of gold where it's not as convenient to send, but it still has that intrinsic value behind it where it's maybe not being used as an everyday transacting tool. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of agree with you. I think that Bitcoin is going to be the, the wealth um, of the, the, uh, the uh, the process of going through the actual adoption phase, I don't really think Bitcoin's going to be adopted yet. It's going to be the the wealth aspect of the next, you know, full revolution with uh, the financial system. I mean, that would make sense. Yeah, I'm curious. Luke, do you have any thoughts? So, like, the biggest thing, the big... Uh, okay, so my opinion, I don't know if this will be an unpopular opinion or not, is that... Bitcoin, right, it's fulfilling the store value use case right now. And the most important thing in a store value is not necessarily the fastest uh, transaction times, not necessarily lowest fees, but the highest security. So the most secure network, the most decentralized network, the network with the, the most hashing power, um, and the network with the longest successful track record, right? This is what is important in store of value. And yes, mining central or mining has been very centralized in the past, but um, the market is correcting that right now. There are like new ASIC companies for Bitcoin coming online, you know, as we speak now, and hopefully in the future, it's going to become much more decentralized. So I think Bitcoin, as long as there is no, um, there's nothing that compromises its security, then it's going to keep its store value title because, um, you know, it it has the network effects right now, and the only thing that will kill the Bitcoin network effects is if that if that security element it's uh gets compromised in any way in my opinion right and so the way i see the future unfolding is that you know bitcoin will be used for super high value transactions storing your life savings or things like that and then all these other there's going to be as the ecosystem evolves there's gonna be so many other use cases um to that uh emerge right and so these other uh altcoins will fulfill those use cases um like in decred decred's governance model allows it to not get bogged down in political gridlock. It allows it to um, hopefully like innovate fast and uh, keep ahead of its competition and fund its own development, right? So this is gonna be really important in like the payments use case or other use cases as emerge, but it's, it's still not enough to take down the network effects that Bitcoin currently has. So it's Bitcoin's um, kind of game to lose in a sense, like as long as Bitcoin doesn't kill itself it, or something doesn't kill Bitcoin, then, um, Mining profitability. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, who knows? We'll see how it plays out. Like, we're just, we're still in the early innings. Like, yeah. Exactly. Oh, this is infancy. Yeah. It's in Getting close to adoption, though. I think it's closer than we think. I really do. Every, every single day, it gets a little bit closer, which is exciting. But I, I think the biggest thing is, yeah, I don't, I don't think Bitcoin's necessarily going to go away. But I, I think it's not going to get to the point that everyone wants it to get nearly quick quick enough to stay as relevant as it wants to because of the very fact that developers and users and miners cannot agree on how to streamline the different changes they want to implement. And that's why I think Decred overall has the biggest value proposition to offer because it has a working governance model that incorporates the, the, proof, of, the proof of work that is required to really maintain a secure network. You know, we have ASICs coming online relatively soon within the next few months, which is super exciting. Not so much because of um, you know the profitability aspects of ASICs, but just the hashing power that ASICs bring. Bring a lot more security than the network, which is going to be um, securing Decred that much more. But then um, 
yeah, just the ability to be able to have a true consensus method that's able to have that governance that's on-chain to be able to make the changes that everyone wants to see implemented. And it's able to do it, you know, within, uh, you know, a couple months versus, you know, sometimes a year as Bitcoin's trying to roll these things out, which is just kind of crazy because the space changes so quickly, so fast. And, you know, if we're expecting to see true change, true implementation, true mainstream adoption, there needs to be a degree of uh, not only, um, what's the word? It needs to be very visible. Um, it needs to be transparent. And, that, and that's something that Decred is able to offer. It's able to show the votes and everything leading up to that point where, you know, not everyone's as technical and able to, you know, jump into like the Git and see, you know, exactly what's getting implemented and what's going on. But you're able to have time at least to process what's going on. And that these changes that are that are being developed are, are well advertised and that you get to participate in that I think is is the major game changer. And I don't know if you want to touch any more on that, Luke. I was answering questions in the chat, so I wasn't oh. paying attention. No, you're Sorry. good. Yeah, but Carson, do you have any thoughts there? Yeah, I was just curious. What what makes you think that um, ASIC mining or introducing ASICs to the um, to Decred, what makes you think that it's gonna secure it? Uh, to a further extent, I just want to know your mindset. What, like, what's the incentive? Yeah, so like one of the big, one of the biggest things that's that's prevented, um, you know, Decred from having true, like, really consistent hashing power, for instance. And like, Sia, you can watch the previous um, Decred assembly episodes about this. But um, what happens is you can kind of dual mine. Um, you, if you're mining Ethereum, you can kind of dual mine um, Decred. Mm -hmm. And so what that does is, you know, people are just constantly dumping it. They don't have any financial um, implications for wanting to mine Decred. And so what ASICs do is, you know, ASICs are <clears throat> pretty expensive, but the hashing power is top notch, but it's only specific to mining that specific coin. You know, it's it's specific to mining Decred, specific to all these things. Yeah. And right now, you know, we have such a low market capital that, you know, if there was enough hashing power to come online, you know, it could really do some some crazy things. It'd be very, very expensive, just kind of how I went over, you know, it'd be billions of dollars worth of a hashing power attack. But it, I mean, it, it could be done. What this does is not only does it, you know, increase the hashing power that each individual person has an ASIC miner does, but it, um, yeah, it just allows the people that are truly contributing to the community to be able to have um, the hashing power behind that. And so and, is, it, is it basically irrelevant with the proof of stake and proof of work. So let's say you have the ASICs on the proof of work and you're talking about how the proof of stake has to and proof of work have to agree with each other. Um, so it doesn't really matter that it is ASIC resistant, but it just gives that extra um, push since it, I'm not ASIC resistant, sorry. Um, when you have ASICs on the network, um, you get more reward. So there's yeah. not really, so it's not having ASICs that's the uh, incentive. It's more so having more of a reward because you are, never going to really get past the consensus issue because you have the proof of stake with the proof of work. So regardless if it's GPUs or ASICs, it doesn't matter. Is that well, what you're... The hashing, no, it's more so that the hashing power is staying consistent. Okay. You know, it's keeping the network consistent yeah. with the hash power. Do you, do, do you get what I'm so, trying to say, though? Or? I think I, I kind of get it. And like, okay, so in my mind, one of the biggest benefits <laughs> of ASICs is uh, security. Must like. Be. You know, ASICs, it's, it's possible to develop ASICs for any algorithm. Like, even if an algorithm is ASIC resistant, it will be much more expensive to develop an ASIC for it, but it's still, like, possible. And so if a, a network does not have ASICs or if, like, a cryptocurrency does not have ASICs like Decred, then that leaves the possibility for a potential attack where somebody develops ASICs or a group of whales develop ASICs in private and then, you know, 30 ASICs... The network could overpower the entire Decred network right now. And 51% attacks could be possible. And even though we still have that proof of stake aspect to our consensus algorithm, there's still a whole lot of havoc that could be wreaked by uh, somebody with the majority hash power. And and so it's the, the whole idea is that if it's possible, we would rather go ahead and do it and make it like available to everybody rather than somebody do it in private and potentially attack the network with it. And then, yeah. As the ecosystem matures, I think this is going to be one of the biggest issues with uh, cryptocurrencies that don't have ASICs is there's going to become, basically, derivative investment options will become available for all these major cryptocurrencies, like the ability to buy you know, options, puts and calls on these cryptocurrencies. And so if you're able to make huge leverage bets um, using like options, 
uh, against a cryptocurrency, develop an ASIC in private, and then attack that, that network, even if it's just for a day, just to cause a huge price decrease for a day, you can still potentially pay off your investment and make a profit um, using like options or leveraged bets like that. Um, and so that's like something very difficult to protect against once once we get to that point. Like we're not to that point yet, um, but I think not having ASICs will just be vulnerable to something like that. Like the incentive there exists, right? Like if you get big enough, it's gonna become profitable enough for somebody to pull pull off an attack like that. Since it's vulnerable already, might as well and you know accept ASICs and create an ASIC chip for Decred, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. even like, in this, the, the, the devil we know is better than the devil we don't know. Exactly. Well, and even in the state of the network right now, you know, you would need to have about 29% of the hash power and 33% of the stake, which if you kind of calculate how much that would really cost, I mean, it's like $12.5 billion. I mean, that's not a small amount of money to really, you know, implement an attack right now. I think ASIC's true value or <clears throat> start to, starts to come into the fold. And I think, Luke, you're, you're really touching on it was just the ability to be able to have the, the consistency aspect and be able to have the hashing power in the hands of the, of the community that's using it, not people that are just trying to twist things to, to make quick, um, tw- quick moves, whether they're trading you know, in, in the market and trying to trade options like that. But, but yeah, I mean, as far as um, you know, the show today, we really appreciate all you guys coming. Carson, specifically, thank you so much for coming on the show. Are there any any last thoughts that you guys would like to touch on? So what's your community called? The Hedge community or the... The, the, the Hedge, hedge family. family. Hedge family, okay. It's the Hedge family, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, guys. Glad to have you and host you. Um, you guys have been super active in the chat, which is great. Make sure to smash that like button and, and share this video on Twitter. <laughs> totally. Do it. Awesome. Subscribe to the Decred YouTube. Spread channel. the word. We put out a lot of good content. Yep. Take a look, guys. You won't be disappointed. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you. All right. Thank you, guys.